0: peace of our Lord be with you. And with you. Every three years the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world this morning's lesson from the Gospel of Mark and every time it rolls back around things work out wonderfully well twice. first for the unnamed woman with the debilitating, isolating hemorrhage, and then for Jairus, who had lost his daughter, only 12 years old. Two great sorrows, both relieved immediately by the touch of Jesus, which is the way things go sometimes Sometimes our deepest sorrows become our highest joys because our heaviest burdens are lifted away. That which we fear the most does not come to pass. The sadness is lifted, the disease is healed, the pain is relieved, the conflict is resolved. The worst is behind us and the best is before us. As it was for the suffering woman and the grieving man in today's gospel lesson, so it is for us. It's a miracle. Sometimes things do work out that way. And sometimes things do not work out that way. Sometimes the burden is not lifted THE STRUGGLE IS NOT RESOLVED, THE DISEASE REMAINS, THE SORROW STAYS. I'VE LIVED ENOUGH OF LIFE TO BE UNABLE TO READ PAST Talitha COON AND THE GIRL GOT UP WITHOUT GETTING THIS WAY. Thinking of all our little ones uh, who did not get up, our young ones. How do you read that passage without getting this way? Things do not always work out for us the way they worked out for the people in today's gospel lesson. Sometimes they do, thanks be to God. Sometimes they do not. Such is the nature of life. To say as much is not to be negative or faithless or pessimistic. Rather, it is to be truthful. People do not come to church, whether it is on a pew in a sanctuary or on a couch through the love stream, to be told cheerful-sounding things that will not prove true in life's toughest arenas. To the contrary, whatever we say about human suffering and sorrow and struggle and loss must ring true on the saddest ears in the room. So let us speak the truth as we know it to be true. There is a long list of ways things can go wrong in this life. And while none of us will go through all of them, all of us will go through some of them sometimes one hard thing after another, sometimes more than one unmanageable thing at the same time, not because God wills it for us or sends it to us, but because that is the nature of life in the world. To speak of the unresolved struggles and unrelieved sorrows of life often leads to questions about unanswered prayers, a way of thinking about prayer which measures the worth and effectiveness of our prayers by whether or not they worked, a way of thinking about prayer which sees prayer as sort of a spiritual transaction in which we hope to persuade God to give us what we need by offering God enough faith or persistence or prayer partners. A way of thinking about prayer to which we are understandably drawn, partly because it leaves us with some control. If we can just pray harder or have more faith, Perhaps we can get God to do our will. If not last time, maybe next time. There are, of course, some things in this life over which we do have that much control. Are we kind? Are we thoughtful? Are we truthful? Do we practice careful speech? Do we treat all others as we want all others to treat us? Beyond those things over which we do have autonomy and control, there are all those other things which lie beyond our power to manage sorrows and struggles, burdens and losses, diseases and injuries, some of which turn out amazingly well, as happened twice in today's gospel lesson, others of which do not turn out that way. But still, we pray. As C.S. Lewis said, not because we are trying to change god but because we can't not pray there may have been a time earlier in our lives when we thought that paul's admonition in philippians that we should pray without ceasing was impossible to obey but the longer we live the more we find it impossible not to pray without ceasing Breathing in whatever life brings of joy or sorrow. And then breathing out either, thank you, Lord, or help us, Lord. Prayer becoming our life until eventually our life becomes A prayer. Sometimes, thanks be to God, our prayers changing our lives. Other times, our lives changing our prayers. From praying for the first best hope To then praying for the next best hope. To finally praying for the last best hope. But never ever no hope. Because we love God as unconditionally as God loves us. We just never stop believing that God is with us and for us. When life could not be better and when life could not be harder, the one thing we know is that God is with us and God is for us. Even when there's nothing else to say, even when there's nothing left to want, we know that God is with us. And God is for us. That's why if we say when we do get the miracle, isn't God good? We also say the same when we don't get the miracle. Isn't God good? Because we know that the goodness of God is not tied to how well things go for us. Sometimes things turn out as well for us as they did in today's gospel lesson. And sometimes they don't. And either way, God is still good. And either way, we still love and trust God the same. Nearly 100 years ago, on a Sunday morning in 1927, at a church in Aberdeen, Scotland, A pastor named Arthur J. Gossip, suffering through a devastating loss in his own life, climbed up into the pulpit and preached that now famous sermon When Life Tumbles In, What Then? What a question. When life tumbles in, what then? A tender and beautiful question to which we know the answer. When life tumbles in, we grieve and mourn and stumble and struggle and get up every morning and take care of what we can take care of our own kindness gentleness truthfulness and integrity and we still love and trust god praying the same as ever only harder Because now we're praying to the God we love and trust to help us go through the wonderful thing God might have done but did not do. Or, as one wise soul once said, faith is what you have left when you don't get the miracle. Amen. As we come to the close of this hour of worship, we invite you to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church during this time of response. As we prepare to go, let me remind you to uh, reconvene as quickly as possible, uh, following the recessional hymn, benediction, and postlude, so that our deacon chair, Jeff Stansel, can call us into our congregational meeting. And then, immediately following the congregational meeting, if there are a handful of you who are able to stay and help. As Major indicated earlier, and as you know from prior congregational communication, uh, this is the last time we will be in here, take a good look around, for several weeks. uh, The work of scaffolding the entire sanctuary for the relamping and rewiring and re-everythinging of the sanctuary roof and ceiling Uh, We'll begin tomorrow morning, so a, a lot has to leave this space this afternoon. Our church sexton, Mr. Simeon, is coming later today to tend to the smaller items, but we need some help to the extent that you're able to stay and offer that kind of help immediately following the congregational meeting with getting the altar table and the lectern over to the great hall where we will be worshiping next sunday morning and then for several sunday mornings thereafter we have a couple of rolling platforms in the back on which we can set uh, these items but uh uh, we'll want a little help from a few of you who are able to stay following the congregational meeting